Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. We don't have a lot of advisors on the show, uh, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, number one, because it's really, really hard to find advisors who are out in the world right now who are really, truly killing it in marketing in the way that we believe is the most effective way to market. Number two, we are very specific with who we want to have on the show because our ultimate goal is for you to meet Jen today, hear what Jen has to say and say, I think I can do that too. And that's really, really important. We're talking to Jen Dawson today because uh, she has a hyper-focused niche. Now, this is to the level of all of her communication is singularly focused. And you have all heard us talk about this in the past, but the way that she executes it, I believe is fundamentally unique and different. And she has realistic timeframes that we're going to talk about today on how long it took her to get here. So Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Matt. I'm thrilled to be here. So you're actually a practicing financial advisor. Would you mind telling us a little bit about why in God's name you chose this career and tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Sure thing. Yes. So I am a working mom advisor, two little boys, two and four, um, wife of a British guy, uh, daughter of uh, parents that are in Northwestern Illinois. So a little tiny farm town called Geneseo. And I then shifted to my next chapter in life down to South Carolina. So University of South Carolina, I ran track down there and had a great four years. I was a math nerd. So um, math undergrad, went directly into a PhD program for mathematics at Wash U in St. Louis and was miserable for a year um, doing creative mathematics by myself in a room. And um, I just, I wanted to teach at the university level, but I need people interaction. I need to be around people. And so I came to a headhunter in Chicago, said, okay, I really like numbers, but I need people to be involved. And they placed me at a firm in the West Loop of Chicago, then was taking my CFP through Northwestern. And my tax teacher recruited me to work for a, a bigger kind of mid-sized firm um, out in the burbs of Chicago. And so I was there for almost 10 years. And it was there that I got deep into the world of lawyers. So as you mentioned, women lawyers are my people. And that's my hyper-focused niche. And uh, so we hired a consultant. When we get to a point in our growth where the market was driving growth versus the strategic planning and, and business development efforts. And so it became obvious. We can't just keep doing the same thing that we've always been doing. So there are five wealth advisors who were always you know, more focused on sales and business development and quite honestly, more talented in that arena. And so we worked with a consultant and we figured out, okay, which piece of of our client group and um, and our experience and and who we are meshes well with what you know what clients. So anyway, I was the lawyer girl, and that first year I had 113 interviews with lawyers or people who were closely with lawyers, and I loved it. Like my math background, right? Just it was all just about the data, asking five specific questions that the consultant armed us with, and it was a process. So that's how I became an expert. And then five years ago, I joined Hemington, my current firm. We are 17 people strong. 
was at the billion mark. Um, and I have then been able to, you know, starting over in a sense, decide who I want to work with. And I've continued the women lawyer focus and I've just loved it. What questions? Wow. You opened a can of worms there. I don't, I don't know if, uh, you're, you, you, well, you asked those a lot of times. Would you mind sharing those five questions with our audience? Sure. And oh my gosh. Um, and this is one of the things I, I highly recommend working with whether it's a consultant or a coach, right. But find somebody to give you the game plan and the, the roadmap. But I just, I am a huge advocate of using, um, the experts. So the questions and her questions were, um, what are your top issues, both in your personal finances and in your work world? And then, uh, from there, what groups are you involved with? How do you get your news? Um, and let's see, this is a shame on me, but I think the, the final key piece, oh, here they were, the last two are, um, who are two people that I should talk to and ask these same questions to, of course. Um, and then how can I help you? Because it's never a sales. It's never trying to close business in those conversations, but instead, um, adding value wherever you go. I, I mean, where do you get your news? I, I, that's such an insightful question. H how did you use that answer? You know what? That, um, and it was actually, what do you read? Or, or that was what it what typically was. Well, for lawyers, that brought shame. That created a whole like spiraling of, so um, because so a lot of lawyers just read legal documents all day and they don't want to go home and read. And it was, so that's what I, I morphed it to. How do you get your news or and then it would tell me, um, you know, they read Above the Law, which is like a soap opera for lawyers. And it, it talks about pay for lawyers and just so little insights like that. Or it's the Chicago Bulletin, Let the Law Bulletin, or uh, it gives them a chance to tell me about their favorite, favorite podcasts, right? Um, so it's a, just a nice broad question. And then use that to, one, follow those things so you know what they're taking in and what they're thinking. <laughs> and then... Um, to let it guide you on what you should be digging into, what topics are interesting for articles, for content you can create. Were you able to get your foot in the door in those periodicals and publications and become the lawyer person? I mean, how did that, did, that, did you go in that direction? Yes, in some respects, for sure. Um, I would say, um, so, some of the lawyer, I'm in the law world, right? So some of that is like, you can only publish if you're a lawyer. So I've hit some roadblocks with like the Women's Bar Association of Illinois. I've run a, wrote a few articles for them, but I've had to co-author with a lawyer. Um, so there's been some of that. But then when we wrote this uh, white paper in 2019, I was able to go on a lot of podcasts that I've been referred to and, and talk about the findings and just trying to help more lawyers. So yes, in that respect, it was helpful. We, for some reason, just still have this resistance uh, in financial services to hyper-focus and to make it so that you're going to really concentrate your marketing efforts. Um, why? Why do you think that is? I think because it's hard and it's scary. <laughs> um, it's When I say hard, not it, truly, once you get into it, it is such a blessing and it's a better client experience and it's a better client, uh, sorry, an advising experience. Um, and so for many reasons, but I think to put a stake in the ground and say, these are my people, people are so scared of that because pick wrong. And what if you turn people away? Um, and, and then are you willing to put the time in that it takes to do, whether it's 113 
um, you know, interviews. It doesn't have to be that extreme, but it does take time and it takes intentionality. And a lot of people, um, that's not their strength. Hey everybody, it's Matt here once again, just popping in for a quick moment. If you're having a problem figuring out your ideal client, your niche, we have an amazingly free exercise for you, which will take you through a process to figure out who you love to work with, which in turn turns into your niche. If you want to know more and download this free guide, go to proudmouth.com forward slash episode 363. Well, advisors are are surprisingly or not surprisingly terribly impatient for people who help people do long-term planning with their finances, right? Um, how long did it take you to really feel like you were in the groove with women lawyers? That I had the blessing of women lawyers have been my people informally for a long, long time. So as soon as I had the data and the numbers and the focus, I was off and running. So truly within that first year working with a consultant, I felt like these are my people. I got this. Um, but again, part of that is because I've hosted for the last 10 years, I have a Valentine event, um, as an example of one of the marketing efforts that I do, and it's for women to help themselves, um, take great care of themselves and be their own Valentine, which whenever I say that to my husband, he says, Oh, that's sad. I said, no, you don't get it. Like <laughs> it is empowering. Um, but anyway, so that's been 10 years and I've had friends come that are just my social friends that they've attended and they're just like, God, it was fun, but there were a lot of lawyers walking around there, you know? <laughs> um, and my golf group is all lawyers. So it's kind of personally, I have that connection too. And I think that's important to make a good niche that you have some ties beyond just the work world. Your Valentine's Day event is, I think, one of the most brilliant marketing events anybody can do. Uh, I, when I was a consultant, uh, we used to call it Galentine's Day, which I actually stole from a show called Parks and Rec. Uh, and so because Leslie Nope used to do this every single solitary year, and it was a great opportunity for advisors uh, to actually connect and spend time with their their generally single widowed female clients. That was the focus for, for a lot of them. Uh, and they found it very empowering. And the funniest part about it it was uh, my male advisors had as much fun with these events as the female advisors did because they finally felt a little bit more accepted, right? Because they had this shared experience. And so I, I think that's brilliant. And no wonder you're killing it. Uh, uh, all, you know, uh, a female focused golf group. I mean, golf leagues, I have a, my sister-in-law is a realtor. She's in a female golf league, right? I mean, that sort of stuff that just makes a lot of sense. And when you talk about it, when I hear you saying this, Janet, just, I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah that just totally makes sense, right? Uh, why, why are we getting any resistance here at all? Um, but let's talk about what's working for you. So our, our advisors who are listening to this are saying, okay, Matt, that's great. Okay. She's freaking smart, right? She, she's got lawyers that are people, but what's working? What are the activities that you're doing to maintain this niche and to continue to grow your practice? Yeah. So on top of, I'll just piggyback off of the the golf and the the fun events that I, I mean, I tell people if you're not having fun with business development, then something's wrong. <laughs> then you need to look at your strategy because then it's not authentically interesting to you and that's going to come off, right? So um, planning things that I just genuinely want to do in the months ahead and then working the work world into that, that's working. Um, speaking has been something that is incredibly fruitful. And so let me talk about that because I don't love speaking, especially as an advisor, people are looking for, okay, what's going to, what's the market going to do next quarter? You know, like that type of presentation. And it's just the opposite of my approach. Um, and it's a little tricky to talk about money 
in group settings, especially in the lawyer world where there's a lot of bravado and ego in the room. So I, I can and do presentations about financial topics, but my favorite topics to speak on are more about what's really important to them, like kids, like teaching your kids uh, the value of money and how do you raise financially responsible or, or you know, how do you not raise an a-hole a um, is a common like theme. Teach me yeah. that. And so um, it's been really fun. And I do it in a way that's not stuffy. It's I actually um, wrap up five little kids toys in a room when we're back in a room together. And actually, I mailed them to a, a five different people at a recent uh, presentation. So then they open a gift and then we talk about that topic and it just creates. And then while they're opening the gift, I have them share a money memory that came up for them when I always start with like some breathing and asking them their first money memory, like the questions that all of us advisors ask, you know, hopefully. Um, and, and then they share and it's an opportunity. It just, everybody leaves feeling connected and they remember how they feel. They don't remember what I say. So I just had a, a couple um, hire me. She heard me speak four or five years ago and finally got her ducks in a row and was like, I just, I've known I wanted to hire you, but it was just not, didn't come to the top of the list. And I said, you know, was there anything I said that really you want to focus on? Or she goes, oh, I don't remember anything you said. I just, I remembered, I liked, I liked her and trusted her. So finding topics that people care about and then making it warm and um, you're not talking at people. Like, uh, how do you want them to feel when they walk out of the room? So that's working. The other thing um, that finding people that you can collaborate with that you genuinely enjoy, this goes back to you know, you should enjoy business development. The two biggest um, uh, ways I've gotten recently, I guess the, the biggest referrers for me lately have been random connections that are in the women lawyer space, but one is a business coach and the other is a recruiter. And she hosts a women lawyer moms group that she put me on a listserv of 2,500 lawyers and said, if you need a financial advisor, you got to talk to Jen. And I got five incoming awesome referrals in a week, you know, after that went out. So, and that was taking her out to lunch. She lives in my neighborhood. Her daughter babysits for me. You know, it becomes like personal. Um, so figuring out how you can collaborate with those people then, like write an article with her, figure out what she's working on. How can I help her? Um, so kind of, uh, yeah, always leading with how can I help? And then working with people that you like, it's going to, it's going to be fruitful. Having them remember how they feel, right? So when you give a presentation, you're going to be really lucky if people remember 20% of what you say. And unfortunately, most people who are giving presentations are so focused on what they're saying and in the information they're trying to portray, they don't have that, that intention uh, intentionality of making sure that they have a specific feeling that goes with this. And we actually teach this in the world of podcasting. Uh, and also, I know there's a lot of people, uh, a friend of ours, Deirdre Van Nest, who uh, has a great podcast called Crazy Good Talk. She's a speaker coach. It's all about feel, right? Is it about great content? Absolutely. But but you have to make that feeling connection because you're absolutely right. That's what people remember. I love that you say that. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, I don't think we talk about that enough on this show. 
that your intention and how you want people to feel needs to be part of this mind's eye. Cause we always talk about, I'm sure this doesn't surprise you, you know, who are you talking to, right? <laughs> Who's your ideal client? When you're giving a presentation, you're doing a podcast, whatever, who are you talking to having the other layer, which probably should be on top of that is how do you want them to feel? That's freaking, that was awesome. Thank you for that. I'm going to chew on that one for a while. Okay. Um, the other thing that you just said that I want to highlight too, it, it seems, even though the, these aren't your words, uh, it seems that this is just genuinely who you are. You have given yourself permission to be you, right? You, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a mother, you love math, right? You love you, lawyers or your people. This is part of who you are. Um, when did you have the epiphany, uh, the realization that when you allowed yourself to be Jen, when, what, what led to that? I'm still, um, you know, constantly working on that and letting myself be me and confident in that. And I think some of the interviews that I had, you know, those 113 interviews really helped me to just be confident in the strategy and in that people want to hear this. And actually, one of my favorite interviews, I know you have a background as a therapist, was with a therapist that was a former lawyer big law firm turned therapist. Now he helps lawyers and actually more men than women. Um, but that it's a, a really tough world for these, um, lawyers that work hard all, all their career. And he talks about having them picture their, who's up there doing their eulogy. You know, is it their kid that's talking about how it was such a great dad? He, you know, I, all the memories we made together, or is it your partner in the law firm? And is, are they talking about what a good lawyer you were and those great briefs you wrote? And then everybody in the audience is thinking, who's going to get his points? Like, which is at a law firm, like, which, oh, doesn't that just make your stomach turn? And that is the stuff that I talk to people about. And that to me was just, yes, like I, this is the path. And um, so I, I just thank you over and over the validation. And, and quite honestly, you'll see the success when you just lean into yourself and the authenticity, then you see the results. And I am a big believer of every three months, get really clear on what's your, what's the priorities, you know, being intentional and, and then don't question it. Spend a lot of time thinking about it then, and then just get the game plan and execute. Um, I think that's huge. When, uh, I get asked this question all the time. So I'm just going to ask you this question. All right, Jen. Uh, so an unbelievably successful uh, partner in a huge law firm who's a man comes to you. What do you do? Yeah, ask a lot of questions. And I'm always willing to let them be the smartest person in the room. So just um, I explain the process. I give a lot of very structured framework for how it's going to look working with me. Because if I don't, it can really um, be unwieldy. So I am very clear up front how our process works. We have two meetings before anyone ever signs up. First meeting, I ask roughly a million questions to understand how you think and feel about money, where you're at today, where you want to go. And then we're going to follow up with a list of documents that would be helpful to build a report. Then we're going to meet again in about two weeks. And I'm going to tell you, here's what we heard. Did we get it right? And then from there, we give you the clear vision for what it's like working with us and exactly um, what next steps are and what the cost structure and all that. So, um, yeah. But, but you're, you're, you focus on women lawyers. So, so that was a double-edged question there and you didn't even bat an eyelash that you're still going to provide that 
person who isn't necessarily your entire perfect niche, you're still going to bring them on as a client. I'm so glad that you, you, you didn't miss a beat. That was so good. Uh, I was wondering if you're like, well, I wouldn't take, them. but you didn't say that. I think that's one of the apprehensions that's not the right use of that word. Um, that's why people are so apprehensive uh, to find a, a niche niche and lean into it because they're afraid that they are going to have to say no more than they say yes. But you're like, nope, this is our process and what we do, right? Uh, thank you for that, Jen. I, it was totally a trick question. You handled that like a pro. Um, <laughs> no. I, so I, but how do you feel about that? I mean, how do you feel about the fact that I kind of try to throw you a Louie there? Uh, in, in how does that still allow allow you to be the, the women lawyer financial advisor by still helping men. Yeah. I, I do feel like people are so scared that they're going to turn off people. And when I think of the women lawyer focus, it's in everything that I do outward facing, anything that I'm putting out in the world, it's women lawyer. And I'm not afraid to put a stake in the ground and go that route. But of course, if I'm speaking to a group of male lawyers, I'm not going to harp on about how I'm the women lawyer person, right? So you shift your messaging. Even if I'm at a networking event, I can help. We, most of us advisors can help a lot of people, but um, this is selective for what marketing efforts you're doing outwardly. So what comes in, then you shift and decide, is this a good use for me or should I introduce you to a, a teammate or, um, but I do think, um, Trust your intuition, uh, you know, and and be open to what comes at you. And it turns out, you know, newsflash, a lot of men appreciate the planning that we do and the vulnerability. And the- <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, in one of the our, our, our strategic partner of ours and somebody who uh, our whole organization loves is a woman named Adri Miller Heckman. She runs Femex Advisor, and and so she teaches basically how to not just attract women but also to sell to women. And she's like, Matt, I'm getting a lot of men who want to be involved in this. It's just because they understand that that there is a better way to do things in their mind. It's more resonates more with them as men. Right. I just, I, I just absolutely, absolutely love that. And you also have an out. So you said you're what, 17, 15 people, 15 people in your firm? 17. 17, 17. So, so you do have an opportunity to hand people off uh, if they aren't a great fit. All right. So we've talked all about what is working, right? I want to talk about what didn't work. I want to talk about when you fell down. I want to talk about when you're mad that, oh my God, I tried so hard on this and it just didn't work. Um, can you share some of those with us if you don't mind? Sure. And I will try to be vulnerable and talk about um, all, some of the, my missteps. And then I'll also just see, you know, like we've talked about already, what I see a lot of other people bristle when it comes to the niche marketing. It's obvious things like inauthenticity, afraid of picking wrong, um, not having the time and the patience and the courage to have a great plan and then execute. So those are things that, and we saw that with when we hired the consultant, there were certain just verticals that did not take off. And I think some of those reasons were behind why. Um, for me, I, I have found it interesting that I think sometimes people don't embrace the whole part of your, like your niche market. Like there are, there's good and bad of everybody. Right. And a lot of people will tell you, Oh, like, Oh, lawyers are the worst clients. Um, and I just could not, I will argue with you all day on that, but I went on maternity leave, you know, I've gone twice and my team came back and was like, God, your clients, they just cancel last minute and they are, they're tough for scheduling. And, um, 
And that that's lawyers. Like they are, you know, litigators are, they go underground for months and it's like, I have 10 minutes to talk about my money. Let's, we got to talk now. And, um, and then even asking questions on like contracts, you know, the, the wealth management agreement, they're going to pick apart a contract. And I love that about lawyers. I love that they will ask questions, clarify, and then we can move on with trust. But if you start looking at that, like, oh, they don't trust me. Why is, you know, then um, you've got off on the, on the wrong, wrong foot. So there's, um, in one of my interviews was with a guy that, um, Dr. Larry Richard, and he wrote a, uh, an article called Hurting Cats, and it was about the lawyer brain. And that lawyers are high in autonomy, so they want to do everything themselves, the skepticism, urgency, but they're low on uh, risk tolerance. And so if you don't kind of embrace all those things, then it's going to be um, a hurdle. And then um, the last thing that I think of that I struggle with is not bringing my whole team along. As you mentioned, I have you know, a team of 17. And I think, especially five years ago, when we were a bit smaller, and I was in Chicago and the headquarters are in D.C., so I was really doing a lot of this on my own, doing the presentations on my own, bringing in new clients and bringing the team in, you know, after I'm a few meetings in. And that was a mess. If I could do it over, I would bring in the team earlier so that they're getting the experience. And um, and as I'm seeing now, they can run with these clients and they have a unique awesomeness in serving lawyers, too. So I do that differently. So events, speaking what other marketing collateral or content do you create to help reinforce this message? The white paper we did in 2019 was leveraging some of the work. Eileen O'Connor is the founder, co-founder of my firm, Hemington Wealth Management, and she is just the best. And she's done several white papers on breadwinner women. And then I went deeper on breadwinner women lawyers, which was cool because then we were able to compare the results of lawyers versus just the average breadwinner woman and then come back with really interesting content. And, and then there was depressing statistics and they're like 30% of the women re regret going to law school. Um, like 83% of, um, or 82% experienced gender discrimination. I mean, they're not shocking to me knowing what I know about lawyers, but it was like some sad findings. And then we dug into three main topics in that white paper. The first being, why is there never enough time in the day? Which is a shocker to no one that you know, women lawyers are busy. Number two is why are they not getting better financial advice? And then we talked about different types of advice and, you know, that's our area of expertise. But the final thing that I loved, we talked about who stole my joy. And so it's just a theme that came across in all these conversations that, um, and I was so worried about taking notes in all of these conversations, right? I don't want to lose this. And it's like, some of it is just, you got to just feel it. And like taking the tone was that even the happy lawyers that I talked to report being surrounded by miserable lawyers. And so why is that? And we dug into that and then got advice for what would they recommend to other women to, to find professional success and personal joy. And it's just fun to come with solutions and then, and then um, speak to law firms with the results and start conversations and, and help women. I mean, the big thing, you're not alone. Like here's, here's what everyone is saying and here's how people have um, dealt with it and found success. Are you updating that paper anytime soon? Do you guys have that on your horizon? Do you need to, or? I think it's pretty evergreen, but I think. Yeah, I, I love that. I, you know what? I, I'm going to pause you there because 
that's so vital. If you write a great white paper, it is going to be evergreen. That white paper can have a life of 10 years, right? And then you're going to want to update it just because then you're going to get back on the circuit, right? They're like, oh my God, she updated the work, you know? And so, no, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm really glad that you said that. All right. Uh, my favorite question to ask during all of these shows uh, is um, what question should I have asked you that I didn't? So I love like what passion project are you working on right now? Or like what content? Okay. And go bring it on. It's really, it's just in my brain right now, but this idea of aging parents and it has come up with so many of my lawyer clients in their late fifties that are really in tough moments with either the parents' health is fading or there's trusts and and they're trying to deal with estates. And so um, obviously we can add value on the tax and legal side, but this idea of what are the non-traditional resources that we can help provide? So like cleaning out a house, House that somebody's lived in for 42 years or um, even technology. How can 91 year olds get help with using their phone? And so um, just random things like that. But aging parents is the topic that I'm digging deep into this year, in, in part inspired by a book that I read and loved called Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. So it, that's my passion project at the moment. If you find that thing that not only will connect with you here, and I'm pointing at my heart for those of you who aren't watching this, uh, and then also is compatible with what's going on in your head, uh, everything changes, your marketing changes, your focus changes. And I believe that people feel that, right? Uh, and, and you're also responding to a major tw- trend, this sandwich generation is what's going on. And we're all going to get older too. So not only are you, this is a brilliant marketing, not only are you also helping, you know, these people work with their, you know, parents, those parents could potentially end up being clients of the firm. And then on top of that, then you're going to have to have the look the other way where you're going to have to start talking about, you know, the kids aspect of all of this. And when you do the right sort of thing, I'm not talking about marketing. When you do the right thing for your clients, great marketing happens. So I want to thank you for your time. Jen, this was so, I'm so happy. You're killing it. I love what you're doing. Uh, It's so super cool. I can't wait to continue to talk to you about all of the growth and development that you have in your, in your marketing. Um, You know, as as your kids continue to grow, your life's going to change, right? All of these neat things that are going to happen at this stage in your life. um, I'm just so glad that you took a little bit of time and, and, and shared it with us. So, so thanks for being on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. I've loved thinking about this with you and uh, would love to be helpful to anybody that has questions or, um, you know, I've spoken at the NAPFA natural conference on this topic and um, yeah, it's not what I do talking about business development and and this type of stuff, but I love sharing and just, it, it can be just an easier, better, awesome way to lead a practice and lead your life. Now, if people are listening and they're like, okay, Jen, this was freaking awesome. And I really appreciate this. What can our listeners do for you? So please shoot me an email or find me on LinkedIn and anything that came up today that you wanted to learn more about or want to talk more. um, Or if you have aging parent resources, for instance, that you thought, oh my gosh, she should know about this. Please 
shoot me a note. I would love to hear from you. And I don't know if everybody who's listening to this knows this, but one of the fastest growing market uh, segments that we have here at Top Advisor uh, Marketing Podcast, but also through Proudmouth happens to be attorneys. So there are a lot of attorneys who are starting to listen to our stuff because they realize if we can work successfully in the highly regulated environment of financial services, we can probably be as successful in less regulated environments. So if you are an attorney and you don't have a financial services professional, why don't you go ahead and connect with Jen and find out a little bit more about what she can do for you. So Jen, once again, thank you for being on the show. Hey, everybody, here's the, here's the deal. If you don't have this level of clarity and focus, but you know that there's something within your heart of hearts that you want to get your voice out into the marketplace, we firmly believe that podcasting is the easiest, most scalable way for you to do that. If you want to know more about how you can start your own show and really hyper-focus and start talking to your ideal client, we would absolutely love to help you. And the best way for you to do that is just connect with me or message me on LinkedIn. Or you can join the Pod Rocket Academy for free, by the way, uh, to find out a little bit more about how you can start your own podcast. So for Jen and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Halloran. We'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.